Welcome to Mildly Interested. I'm Joe Whitefield. In this short series focusing on employee relations, Jennifer Elmer and I discuss what employees and employers want from their work experiences. In addition, we explore certain barriers to healthy work relationships. Enjoy the program and thank you for your interest. Welcome to the program. I'm Joe Whitefield, joined in studio uh, with Jenna Elmer, uh, our collaborator on this uh, program. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you for having me. Good to have you back. You know, in our lead-in, we were talking about the topic of employee relations. Okay, and so now we're going to talk a little bit more about that, a little bit more specific. And so let's start with just a basic question uh, about employees. We're going to talk about the employee-employer relationship. What employees want, maybe need, expect, or hope for? So let's start, let's start from the employee's perspective. So let me just ask you, you're the expert here. <laughs> What do employees want? So um, in the HR world, we measure that in terms of employee engagement. And Mm -hmm. Gallup has done great work in the engagement field and has developed the 12 questions to ask employees um, to see if they're engaged. So employees want to know what's expected of them. They want to have the materials and equipment they need to do their job right. And they want to come to work and do their best work every day. And I think that's what employers expect the answers to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then from there, it gets a little bit more about the people. Okay. So it, they want, what the next question they ask is, in the last seven days, I have received recognition or praise for doing good work. Huh. People want to, that means weekly, <laughs> right. have someone tell them, great job. And not just great job generally, but specifically. Um, My supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. Great job. How are the kids? Mm. Hey, you coached softball last night. How'd that go? Right. Um, There is someone at work who encourages my development. So you're having conversations. Where do you see yourself in a year? How can I help you get there? Um, At work, my opinions seem to count. The mission or purpose of my company makes me feel important. That makes me feel that my job is important. Um, They want to know that their their fellow coworkers also feel that way and are committed to the organization. And then here's the one I think that we forget as supervisors. But but I have it at work. I have friends at work. Um, One of the last times you and I saw each other, you got to join my friend group Mm -hmm. from work for lunch. Right. It was great. So that's one of the questions they ask to see if an employee really is engaged. They say, do you have a best friend at work? Um, So one of the things that we work on in HR is how do you develop friendships at work? And in our lead-in, I talked about my orientation program a little bit, but um, when we've asked our employees at work, what are the the reasons you like working here? The number one reason our employees say they like their job is the people that they get to work with. So when I'm training new employees, I tell them that. And I say, what that means I'm asking you is be someone that people like working with. That's the number one requirement to work here. Um, And then the last two are in the past six months, someone at work has asked me about my progress. So not just how are you doing, but how do you think you're doing? And then I've had opportunities this last year to learn and grow. So that's fascinating to think about that because, again, that might be what 
I would answer as I think about as the employee sitting in that seat, what would I want? That sounds very similar to the things that, that I would want, probably things that Correct. you would want. Yeah. But you sit on the other side of the table sometimes and you think about being the manager or the you know the supervisor, the manager, the director, whatever it is, but being on that employer side of the table and you can maybe be a little cynical about things. Sure. I, I asked one of my supervisors, when's the last time you had a potluck? Uh-huh. He said, What? And I said, when's the last time you got your group together to break bread and relax and get to know each other and build that friend at work component? Right. And my supervisor told me exactly how much it would cost in lost man hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, that's it's easy to start thinking that way, yeah. right? It's like, okay, if you were to ask the employer, maybe I'll say a typical uh, employer, or maybe I'll just speak for myself. It's easy to fall into that sort of stereotypical thing. You ask the employer, what do you think employees want? Well, they want, you know, incredibly high wages, few responsibilities, a lot of time off. You tend to think against sort of that cynical thing that people want to want a lot of compensation and, and right. few responsibilities. <clears throat> but I noticed neither, none of none that, of that. None was on the list. Yeah. Right. See, I think that's news. Okay, I think that's news. Um, something to, to take in and, and try to deal with a little bit here. So um, let me ask you this. Those uh, those qualities or those things that people say they want at work, what about, is that demographically bound? Is that, is that apply? How do you think that applies to the demo, you know, young, younger people entering the workforce, people that have been in for a while? How do you think that applies? Is that uh, pretty broad or is that, uh, uh, is that unique to just a certain group? Think? I think it's broad. I, um, I think that across all ages, people want to know that they come to work to do what they're best at. That's very satisfying, right? And that that's an and that's an intrinsic knowledge thing. And then having someone, your supervisor, tell you good job. That doesn't matter how old you are. If it's the first day of the job, if you've been there seven years, if you've been there fifty years, you still want to hear that feedback, and you want to know for yourself, and you want to hear someone say, "Good job." I think people want to have those relationships at work. So that feedback, I know one of the things we talk about um, with younger people, uh, and really, really all people. But let's just for a minute go with me on this about younger people. And that is instant gratification, instant feedback, the timing of things, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to you know we're used to having things. The generation has uh, probably not had to be as patient as say people as old as I am. You know, we used to wait on mail, right? We used to wait weeks for mail to come and things like that. Now things happen instantly. You know, I remember being at, uh, in school, getting the five dollars in the mail, and couldn't wait for that envelope to get there. Now, you know, it's Venmoed or whatever; it's there right. instantly, right? So maybe some of this has to do with the timing of things. So when you talk about want recognition or you want feedback, you, what, what do you think about the timing element? Did they expect? I think you said earlier about weekly or something. Yeah, like that? in the question, it asks within the last seven days. So I think it needs to be relevant feedback, right? So a weekly check-in. But if you see something happen, you should be communicating that to your employees regularly. So the first question they ask is, um, I know what's expected of me. So if somebody starts to go off from center a little bit, that feedback needs to come quickly to clarify what's expected. And then when they do well, let them know. And I don't think that has to be all the time because that kind of waters it down and makes right. it less important. Right. But I think regular feedback is important. So annual evaluations aren't, aren't enough? No, regular conversations. <laughs> and there are, there are lots of people right now questioning whether annual va- evaluations are a good thing. Yeah, 
or is it more of a regular conversation about things that we talked about in those 12 questions? Right. What do you want to do? Someone is listening to what you think your career path is. Your opinions are being heard. Um, your boss is talking to you and setting expectations. So more frequent conversations mm -hmm. that are honest are better. So the historical part of this, I will do annual evaluations. I'll tell you, you know, if you're, if you're messing up, I'll let you know, right? Right. Um, that model is, is certainly archaic. And again, and I know in your, in your uh, world, you look at that, it's even effective, right? Just as you're pointing right. out, people are even questioning that as yeah. a tool all along. And we do know, and again, if you put yourself as an employer, put yourself on the other side of the table and you think, okay, what do you want, right? Again, all those things sort of ring true. These are things I want from my boss or my, you know, administration is to see me this way and to understand this and right. to get that feedback and to be valued for the input and the contributions that you're making. I want to test a theory with you and see what you think about this. We haven't talked okay. about this one, okay? okay. So, um, I, I'm of the opinion that most people want to make a meaningful contribution to a group or a team event, okay? Give me an example of what I mean by that. Okay. Uh, if you were asked, and it's a sports kind of analogy, and you and I have talked, it's not, those aren't always the best analogies, but if you, were, if you were asked, would you rather be a superstar, you know, and win all the, all the individual awards, but the team never won anything, or would you rather be a role player, you know, who came off the bench, or a role player for a team that won some championship, Okay. So the question is, how do you weigh individual performance and contributions versus team or, or corporation or organizational success, okay? And so what I'm saying is I think most people want both, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, you want to be part of something big and, and important that is successful. Your organization is successful. Whether it's a company, you, know, you want to have a good reputation. If it's a university, whatever it is, you want right. to be part of something successful. But you also want to be a contributing member and not just uh, – being, you know, not just Part riding the, the wagon. Do you, right. So what, how, how do you feel about, like, both of those being in play? So I go back to a story. Um, one, of the, one of the training courses that I do is on um, customer service and really connecting employees into what their employer does, make mm -hmm. that connection so that they, they are part of that team championship, right? All right. Um, and I was training a group, and a gentleman said he had to leave early, and he was going to miss part of the final customer service training. And he came in the next day, and he said, I, you were talking about understanding the, the overall organization's mission to better do your job, and I just right. have to tell you this story. Yeah. So he stood up in front of the class, and he said he left class because his mom was having surgery. And he was outside in the waiting area and the custodian came in to you know check the trash and looked at him and said oh somebody important in that operating room and he said yeah my mom and she goes well this is doctor whoever's operating room and did you know that he just won this award for whatever procedure mm -hmm. and this is the time of day that he does that procedure is that what your mom's here for yeah she goes well he is in good hands, or she is in good hands, mm -hmm. you know, got the trash and walked out. And he said, think about how great that custodian feels about the work that she does, because she understands how she supports the work that's being done in that organization. Right. Um, and I think that that speaks to 
that team concept, but also she knows that what she's doing is valuable in that moment and also for the big win. I think that's, that's, that's a really good example of that. And that is, I think people want to be connected mm-hmm. with things that are bigger than themselves, right? Yeah. Uh, so your organization, again, a successful team, a successful organization, uh, uh, you know, a successful family. I mean, you can get that, you know, you, you, you want uh, to be part of something bigger than yourself, but you also, again, be a contributing member to that, not just, I guess, say, you know, riding along in the wagon. So I think that's part of our challenge and our mission as employers, right, because we're here serving, you know, an organization that has a mission, and we want to be successful for the organization's which means we have to make individual contributions to that, and lead our and you know lead our uh, staffs and folks uh, to do that as well. So we need to draw that out. Right, right? it's a lot of work. It, it's right? a lot of work. <laughs> oh, my you goodness. have the expectations for yourself, and then you have to be a leader and build these relationships. That's the that, that is the key. Again, if, yeah. you, if we stop and think about, oh, well, I'm just going to have some metrics, and I'm just going to we're going to do productivity, and we're going to do numbers, 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 and this kind of thing as important as metrics and things are because they're part of verifying and, and trying to help see if you're on track, it's still, again, it comes down to the people. Again, helping people make those contributions. You know, successful people making positive contributions will will, will fuel and uplift the organization and lead right. to those larger goals. Right. So that's a part of what we've kind of kept coming back around to um, in this conversation, again, about about the people. And that success is kind of a grassroots person-to-person thing i think those uh, that gallup poll and those things that people want bear that out like i said for me if i just flip over to put on my employee hat that sounds very similar those things sound very similar to what i want right be to you know have purpose and to have you know you know good feedback and and those kinds of things so you told me a story another story offline i think that speaks to this as an employer as we try to help people one of those i think you know is help people reach their potential you know and help them you know, provide some sort of path. Several things like that sort of spoke to, you know, I'm not just here to do a job and just to, you know, go from A to B, move this product from A to B. I'm here to, to grow and to make contributions. And so you were telling me about a young a young man, uh, speaking of custodians, I think there was a custodian in your organization, but you had a very unique experience with this person regarding potential and an outcome. So yeah, so um, I think, again, when we look at our organizations, we should always be looking at not just who someone is now, but what do they have the potential to be later? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I don't know that I was even thinking that when this story started, right. but um, I was conducting new employee orientation and one of our new custodians helped me through a technical issue. So I'm standing up there, I cannot get my movie to play on my computer, and he just volunteers, stands up, and says, keep going, I'll fix it. And so he started playing with my computer. I think he had to reboot something. Um, and he got my video to work, and mm-hmm. I kept teaching while he was working on it. It was great. Right. Um, Save the day. Save yeah, the day. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of filed that. Oh, new kid, Saul, can fix computers, you know? Right. So four months, five months down the road... Our IT director says, you know, I'm, I'm going to open a help desk, but I am willing to train. So I'd like to open this up um, for a path for anyone in the organization, custodian on up, who would be interested and have the aptitude to take this role. So we posted the job, and I remembered Sal. So I called him and said, hey, 
if you're interested, I don't know if you would be, but there was that one time you helped me with my computer and it seemed like you liked doing that. Right. We have this opening. Um, and that was my part of that story. Um, he applied, he got the job. He is my favorite help desk IT person when I have a problem. Um, he's great. So I know that so that's all worked out well, but there's a little bit more to this story as well, right? From <laughs> your perspective, it was just connecting some dots, and it, it seemed, you know, uh, just seemed sort of, you know, straightforward and commonsensical, right? You know, because you thought about it, but it turns out it had a bigger impact in, uh, for him, is that right? Yeah, so uh, one day I he was working in my office helping one of my colleagues with her computer, and my mom stopped in to, we were going to go to lunch that day. So I introduced him to my mom, and he looked at my mom and said, your daughter changed my life. And wow. I was like, how? <laughs> <laughs> right. In a good way? Yeah. Right. yeah. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and so he told her the story from his perspective that, you know, he thought he had this, and he did have a great job as a custodian, and then out of the blue, the HR lady calls him and says, oh, you may want to apply to this job, and he has a career he loves, and he's been able to take additional training, and um, he's had several pay increases since, and he's started a family, and he's excited about um, where we work. Our, our children get uh, tuition discounts, so his kids now get a college path if he stays. So in his mind, that phone call really made a big difference, and in my world, it was just recruiting. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's part of what we're talking about, that in, in, in relationships, professional relationships, again, we're talking about employee-employer, but really it comes down to people, right? It's always about, about relationships. You just never know what seems, you know, yeah. simple and basic and one is so meaningful to someone else. I mean, again, you just don't know how to impact that. I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. I know, yeah, I agree with that statement, and whether it's something big, like telling someone to apply for a job, or just being present for someone right. in a moment where they need someone to be there. We don't know how big of an influence and an impact we can make by being kind and seeing people as people. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll go back to, you know, we talked earlier about like the resilience presentation that you did. And the idea is that, again, I, you know, I've had, you know, setbacks, failures, ups and downs. We all, we all have, right? Right. Uh, professionally, personally, and, and so again, we talk about being resilient and and, and bouncing back and being stronger and things like that. So again, I think about people that have helped helped me when I was down. Right. Right. And so I've been on that end too. And I'm sure they didn't really understand the magnitude of what they were doing for me at the time. You know, I think back to, you know, you go all the way back to teachers, you know, that had such a profound influence other beyond yeah. just teaching you the subject matter, they had an influence. Right. This moment now that you think I'm smart enough to be on your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. it yeah. Again, and, and people find out why I've invited you because you are the experienced <laughs> professional. But it's, it's, it's very important to, again, talk about seeing people as people. We're going right. to keep kind of revisiting that theme. And what are the barriers? And again, sometimes our, in, in a professional setting, we say it's business, it's this, it's that, you know. And at the end of the day, it is about, again, relationships. I've said that many times. But I want to talk about this because I think one of the things on the Gallup poll talked about employees were looking for, was loyalty one of them? From their coworkers, yeah. Okay. So um, they are, they are, if an employee is really engaged, then they're going to be loyal to the organization. 
Um, but they're also looking from that for that from the people that they work with. Right. Mm-hmm. So, because I think about that, cause loyalty is something that uh, employers want as well, as well, right? When you right. invest an in employee and you do those kinds of things, and so you think about what are those things that help. Uh, you know, we, we have the saying, Rebecca, we, you know, we have the saying uh, sometimes about training our employees, right? That is, well, what if, you, what if you train them up and now they have these new credentials and they leave, right? And then my former boss used to always counter that with, well, what if you don't train them and, and invest in them and they stay, yeah. right? So there is that sort of issue about, you know, I'll, I'll say loyalty because we want, you know, we want employees to be productive and we, want, you know, and we have these positive things, but sometimes they leave. Well, I think, I think the example of our custodian is a great example mm-hmm. of someone leaving. Mm-hmm. He left custodial. Right. Um, within our organization, that is a, a place that we often recruit from for, for different opportunities. Right. And we don't see that as a negative. We see that as an opportunity for them. Um, I do, higher up in the organization, I think we need to challenge our feelings about someone about training someone for them to leave. Because... That should be the goal, right? If somebody's wanting to grow, and then you benefit from their growth the whole time that they're with your organization. And if they outgrow that role that you have and you don't have the next step, I think it, we should be okay with them not staying for their 50-year pin. I think it's a big paradigm shift. I think there's probably some paradox in that, and that is if you invest in them such that they you know, would be more credentialed and able to grow um, and, and able to, as such, leave, mm-hmm. you might actually develop some loyalty and there might be, you know, it may work in reverse. It might. Right. I, I guess what I'm getting at is that when I think today, we used to talk about, and I'm going to go back in time, I'm not going to source this or anything, but we used to talk about, okay, how many jobs will you have in your career? Right? How many times have I left a job? Right. right? How many jobs will you have? And now, they, uh, sometime ago, they start talking about, well, how many careers will you have? Right. Right. And so for young people now, it's like, you know, you expect them to not stay in one, you know, 50-year pen. You know, we, we think that they leave in, in two weeks for a better offer or a better opportunity or just already bored with it or whatever. So that those stereotypical, but if you go with me on this, is that, is that we know the turnover rate now is much higher than it probably was uh, used to say, you know, you graduate from school, you get a, you get a job with one of the generals, General Electric, General Mills, General somebody, and you work for fifty years or forty right. years, right? That model's kind of long gone for you know, it has been for a while, but the turnover rate's even greater now. But back to the loyalty question, if you can build in and, th- and challenge that paradigm a little bit, you might actually go counter to that by building loyalty because if they, you know, if, if loyalty of coworkers, and I would go as far as say maybe your organization, right? So if a uh, if your employer is investing in you, that might be reason to stay as opposed to reason to leave. Is that right? Yeah, and and reasonable? within within our industry, facilities management, there are several steps that we can move someone through. Right. If they are the ambitious mm-hmm. um, ladder climber, mm-hmm. we also have employees who want to do well in their current role for a really long time, and we need to find rewards for them as well. Right. Very very good. I like the idea of this promote from within. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the policies that I've had because when you invest in people, you know, then you do that for that idea of prospects of developing them right. uh, professionally. And, and again, there's there's such a personal reward when you learn something new and when you kind of grow. You know what I'm saying? That that really builds confidence. It builds 
uh, a lot of things. And it also opens up to new opportunities and new challenges because we look at people's potential. We look at their, you know, what is their potential? And a lot of times it seems like a lot of people don't even realize their potential. But when you see it in someone like you did uh, with that employee, I mean, that's, again, it is life-changing. The fact that they even articulated that to you right, is, no. is really <laughs> special. Yeah. yeah, really special. So, yeah. so I think that's it is that you, you may never know, but it, you know, how you might be impacting a life. But as an employer, we should be intentional about building in uh, to our people for the, all the right reasons. And I think, I think the payoffs, whatever those are, are going to be there, right? Right. Well, and when we look at why we want to measure engagement, mm-hmm. um, uh, an engaged worker is going to give 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the disengaged worker who's going to come in, clock in, do their job, and go home, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have your actively disengaged. Right. And they are not just kind of doing the job to the 70th percentile, right? They're, they might be purposefully undermining your organization, and That's they right. are looking to leave. So right. if you can work on those um, 12 factors, you've got a great opportunity to improve your organization. Well, I agree. I think, uh, as you were talking about engagement, I've seen that uh, picture of the rowboat. You know, the, the, everyone's engaged is rowing the right way. The disengaged are the ones sitting there with their oars in their laps. Yeah. And the actively disengaged, their oars are in the water, but they're, you know, rowing the wrong way, working against you. Right. Boy, those are, you know, difficult cultures and, and toxic. And But it, it needn't be that way, you know. again. No. The responsibility is on the employer, it's on the administrator, it's on the manager. I mean, that's what we're here to do is to lead, right? You, you, you know, that is the essence of leadership, right? Is, um, and so when I work with supervisors, you know, and they have a problem employee, right. I like to go through those concepts <laughs> to say, have you talked to them about what the expectations are? Have you, you know, are you engaging them? Right. Because that can move them in that rowboat, right? So if we are doing better jobs as supervisors working on keeping our employees engaged, or even if they've become disengaged, re-engaging them, um, then we can help move their seat on the boat. Very good. Well, why don't we do this? Let's end this because I think we've got a little follow-up episode where I want to talk about some of those barriers, and I think we've got a little uh, experience uh, to draw from. Uh, to continue with this with this topic so uh, thank you for your interest and we hope to catch you at the next episode